0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter what time you may be listening to our daily devotional podcast here at Eden Chapel. I'm Sam Mitchell, and today we are finally getting into the book of Deuteronomy. And so uh, this is our fifth book in the Pentateuch, which is uh, what is often referred to the first five books of the Bible, uh, where we get all uh, well, all, a lot of Old Testament law. Uh, where we get a lot of God striving with His people, where, you know, we reiterated the, iterated the phrase, God telling His people how to come to worship Him, and so we have seen a ton of things, and really today in these first two chapters, we get a lot of recap of everything we had been reading in uh, Numbers and in Leviticus and even back to Exodus, and so uh, I found this little recap that I, I love on. Uh, where where are we when we get to Deuteronomy? And so I uh, just want to read that for us. Deuteronomy was written around 1406 BC at the end of the 40 years of wandering endured by the nation of Israel. At the time, the people were camped on the east side of the Jordan River on the plains of Moab across from the city of Jericho. They were on the verge of entering the land that had been promised centuries earlier to their forefathers, all the way back in Genesis 12.1. The The children who had left Egypt were now adults ready to conquer and settle into the promised land. So this new generation before that could happen, the Lord reiterated through Moses, his covenant with them. So what makes Deuteronomy important? Moses addresses his words to all Israel at least 12 times. And we we see that phrase literally at the very beginning in verse one today. This phrase emphasized the nation's unity initiated by their covenant with God at Mount Sinai and forged in the wilderness In the midst of widespread polytheism, Israel was distinctive in that they worshiped one God, Yahweh. Their God was totally unique. There was none like him among all gods of the nations surrounding them. And so we see that Deuteronomy here restates the Ten Commandments and many other laws given in Exodus and Leviticus. The book delivered to Israel God's instruction on how to live a blessed life in the promised land. Chapters 27 and 28 specified the Blessings of obedience and the curses of disobedience. And so let's get straight in. So we see from the very beginning, these are the words that Moses spoke to all Israel beyond the Jordan in the wilderness. And so we see once again, Moses is speaking to all of Israel. And once again, he's kind of recapping everything we read. You know, he talks about the leaders that were appointed and the way that. Uh, all that would work that, you know, there were men appointed over tribes and there were men appointed over fifties and commanders of tens and officers all throughout the tribe. And that uh, that ultimately all the judgment is God's. But if the case is too hard for them to really understand, they could bring it to Moses himself and he would hear it and that he commanded them at that time that all the things that they should do. But then we also see in the recap, this Israel's refusal to enter the land that God had given to them. You know, Moses tells them, we see in verse 21 See, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up, take possession of it as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has told you. Do not be feared or dismayed. You know, this command, like, we're here. Let's go in. Let's do what we're supposed to do. But as we know from what we've read, what do they do? Well, first, let's send some men in to spy out the land. Let's make sure we can even take this. And Moses even said this seemed like a good idea. So what he do? He gave them what they asked for, you know? He said, "Let's let's send those spies out." And they brought back fruit. They showed us there's a good land that the Lord our God is giving to us. Yet in verse 26, we know what happened. Yet you would not go up but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And so in this recap, we really see God is faithful to do what he says he will do over and over again. That's what we kind of see. Like God is saying, do not be feared or dismayed, but enter into the land that I have for you. But we also see Israel's rebellion time and time again. Right here, they rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And it says they murmured in tents and they said, because the Lord hated us, he brought us out of the land of Egypt, something they wanted. (laughs) And so we see Israel's kind of moaning and groaning And Moses says, I said to you, do not be in dread or afraid of them. The Lord, your God, who goes before you like he had done multiple times for us, himself will fight for you just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes in the wilderness where you have seen how the Lord, your God, carried you as a man, carried his son all the way that you went until you came to this place. Yet, in spite of this word, you did not believe the Lord, your God who went before you in the way to seek you out. A place to pitch your tents and the fire by night and in a cloud by day to show you by the way you should go, and so we see Moses remind of their rebellion, everything that they had, even though God had shown them time and time again He is faithful to His promises, He will do what He will say He will do. They rebelled against them, so we get to verse thirty-four, and the Lord heard your words and was angered, and He swore, not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land that I swore to give your fathers, except Caleb, and Joshua, and so. He shall see it and to him and to his children, I will give the land on which he has trodden because he has wholly followed the Lord. And so we see him remind them of the curse of not following what God had told them to do. And so we see Israel's reaction to that as he reminds them in verse 41, then you answered me, we have sinned against the Lord your God. We ourselves will go up and fight just as the Lord our God commanded us. And you all got fast and you got your weapons, you were ready to go. And the Lord said to me, verse 42, say to them, do not go up or fight for I am not in your midst lest you be defeated before your enemies. And even though this command was spoken to them, it says once again, they rebelled against the command of the Lord. And you went into the hill country. And what happened? The Amorites who lived there beat you and chased you as bees do. And you returned and wept before the Lord. And so we, we see this once again, the God's faithful to do what he'll say he will do. He told you not to go, that he would not be with you. And yet you tried to take matters into your own hand because of guilt. I don't even know if guilt's the right word. You of shame of whatever it may be that you didn't follow God's commands. You tried to take it into your own hands by not following yet another command of his. And what happened? You were defeated. And so we see Moses then begin to remind them of the years and the wilderness. And he, he reminds us in verse seven of chapter two, and I, I I love this verse so much. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the works of your hands. He knows you're going through this great wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you and you have lacked nothing. And I, I love this reminder because even in the midst of their rebellion, even in the midst of their wickedness, God still provided for them. God, they lacked nothing. And as we know, man, they cried for bread. They cried for food, even though God would uh, basically immediately give it to them. They cried for water. And what did God do? He gave them water. And so you've lacked nothing. And God has given this to you time and time and time again. And so we saw as they begin to journey and as they entered into these other countries, you know, God's command is not to contend or quarrel with them in battle, uh, but because they, they won't God would not give them any possession of this land because it's not the land that they should have and so uh we see once again God commanding them not to do something and ultimately from the rebellion of their own sin but we also see here God still edging them closer to the promised land telling them to go where they go even though they would not have a stronghold in those communities you know we see in the The feet of King Sihon that uh, he refused to do what Moses was asking for him, that the Lord God was commanding him to do. But we know from verse 30, but Sihon, the king of Heshbon, would not let us pass by him, for the Lord your God hardened his spirit and made his heart obstinate that he might give him into your hand as he is this day. And so we see an important truth here. Yes, sometimes God will harden the hearts of people. And of unbelievers in the sense to give glory to himself when he provides for his people, when he conquers over them. And that's ultimately what we see, that God, yes, will be glorified in the saving of his people later on. But yes, he'll be glorified in the judgment of those who do not know him, those who do not call upon his name. God will be glorified. You know, Philippians 2 tells us there will be a day where every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that's the beauty. Even those who do not know Jesus Christ as Savior will still be calling him Lord, even in a day of judgment. And this will be to the glory of God the Father. And so, yes, this Sion's heart is hardened so that God... Might give him into the hand of the, Israel's, uh, the Israelites, and he will be glorified to this. And so that's what we see here in these later verses in chapter thirty, and specifically in verse thirty-three. And the Lord our God gave him over to us, and we defeated him and his sons and all his people. And you know, we see the point back to this. It's not like it's not one of the times where they try to go in on their own. They couldn't have any glory from it, you know. Right, the times where they tried to do it on their own, they lost. But here. We see doing what God had commanded them and someone trying to block the way, what does God do? Provides for him. God opens and creates the way for them. The Lord our God gave him over to us and we defeated him. And God is working through his people. And so we, we see them continue to journey on as we see here in Deuteronomy chapter two. But that's what we see here over and over and over again, that the Lord our God is faithful to his commands. Yes, in the good things, And the Lord our God is faithful to his promises, yes, in the good things, like what an amazing thing, but also in the bad things, in the curses. You know, as we see, God is faithful to do what he says he will do. So even when that is something that we disagree with or something that, you know, we want to say, oh no, God, let us make up for it now. No, he's already given a command, and we are to walk obediently and faithfully into the commands that God has laid out for us even if that is journeying in the wilderness. And so once again, this is, it's such a amazing thing that we're starting the book of Deuteronomy. And I pray this has been a blessing to you. And I pray ultimately that we can take hope in those words that the Lord, our God is faithful to do what he says he will do. And that ultimately the Lord, our God will be glorified. And we just simply have to walk faithfully in obedience to his commands. Thank you all for listening in today. I hope it's a blessing to you.